0: Good afternoon. I'm John Hart, the co-founder of C3 Solutions, the conservative coalition for climate solutions, and I'm the editor of our news magazine, C3. Welcome to another edition of Tech Voices. Today, we're honored to be joined by Jacques Baudry-Lassique, the CEO of Ingenuity Power Systems, where he's helped pioneer a very exciting home private generation appliance called the E1 that, that we're going to hear more about. And Jacques is a graduate of MIT. And the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Renewable Energy at the Department of Energy, under Presidents Bush and Obama, Jock, welcome. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, very nice to meet you, John, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. So, and thanks for all the good work you're doing on uh, behalf of climate solutions at C3. You bet. Well,
0: we're doing we're doing our best. Thank you for the work you're doing in the private sector. So, so maybe th- th- give us some context and, and maybe describe kind of some of your journey and how you. Got into this field and this arena, and and I understand you know, our, our co-founder Drew Bond as well. Maybe you could talk about, about your friendship with him.
1: Yeah, I've known Drew for like a decade and a half. But we go back to uh, my uh, DOE days uh, under Bush and Obama, like you mentioned. So uh, we were part of a team that was really pioneering, bringing in uh, you know biofuels and new renewable energy technology to the surface and removing the barriers, deployment of this technology, enabling market transformation. So I think, in a way, we were part of the initial wave that's bringing the explosion and renewables we see today. So it was really a privilege to work uh, these days in, uh, in Washington.
0: And, and you went to MIT as well. What did, you, what did you study at MIT?
1: Exactly. So, I mean, I've done a... Uh, you know, my background is in engineering, chemical industrial engineering. I did my MBA at the Sloan School at MIT. It was a technology uh, oriented school uh, even though it was management but it really played to the my geeky side quite a bit <laughs> and uh, ever since in, MIT I've been in the uh, traditional energy and uh, you know gradually making that transition to clean tech about 15 20 years ago
0: okay. and how did you and how did you get to where you are today with ingenuity from from departing i guess where it would have been the obama administration so you yeah. were push and then you, and then they, they kept you.
1: Yeah, after the after my work in government, I worked for two clean tech startup in the bio uh, biofuels and enzymatic space. Uh, both absolutely great technologies. Ultimately, these platform ended up migrating away uh, from the energy space, which was my uh, my first love. So in twenty nineteen. Uh, when a board member of Ingenuity invited me to help uh, lead that startup, uh, I jumped in the opportunity. So at the time, Ingenuity was looking for an experienced CEO with a background in both technology, startup, energy, government, affairs. You know, one of these deals was I was checking all the boxes at the right time.
0: That's great. Well, yeah, tell us more uh, more about Ingenuity. What is What is what what is uh, the focus of your, of your company?
1: Yeah, Ingenuity is really like uh, the typical American story of three entrepreneurs in a garage that invite a better mousetrap and try to find a way to commercialize it. So literally, I arrived uh, at the company in 2019. They were the three founders that created that incredibly highly efficient, compact, opposed uh, post-piston, four-stroke engine technology that's 40% more efficient than the engine of a similar size and class. So. With the correlated, you know, lower level of emission, uh, more compact, less use of fuel, cheaper to operate, and also a lot of characteristic of that platform that makes it a very highly uh, durable platform uh, as well. So, uh, which created a lot of inter- interest in application of that engine for uh, home usage and also for the military and defense market, for example.
0: And, and you said how many, you said a four-stroke engine?
1: Yeah, it's a post-piston, four-stroke engine, yeah. And, and
0: describe, and just, just to give context, just give examples of what a two-stroke engine would be versus four-stroke, and so people couldn't have...
1: Just, it's just about the, the timing of the engine. I mean, it's a single-cylinder engine. What's, a? Uh, I think, a bit more important characteristic is it's a post-piston. So by having an a post-piston, you can remove the essentially the head of the engine. So we call it kind of our headless engine. we mm-hmm. removing a lot of materials. And the four-strokes allow allow it to be surrounded by, a, by a, a very nice jacket that promotes a very smooth heat transfer, so you waste a lot less energy uh, to the ambient air. So that's why it's a extremely efficient way of doing things. Uh, two-stroke engine existed for a very long time, but we were the force to uh, we kind of stumble into a better solution by experimenting all kinds time of ways, and that's what essentially the founders came up with, that four-stroke technology. And um, some of these characteristics, like I say, high efficiency, low vibration, high durability made it ideal for a in-home application. In fact, in 2017, when these guys were doing a road show to uh, the national lab, I believe it's some of the uh, NREL experts at the time recommended that they go into the uh, micro combined heat and power usage for inside the home because it's so incredibly quiet and efficient. And uh, in a micro combined power configuration, in fact it's over ninety percent uh, energy efficient, so which make it very environmentally friendly. And also it's very friendly to your wallet as well, which is uh what we try to do. We try to be uh, to do, you know, we try to develop green technologies that don't cost the user more money to implement like most of green technology so far. Right. So, right.
0: So, uh, so how does the engine compare to like a chainsaw engine versus a car engine? Where does it fit in that, in that spectrum of, of uh, the
1: engine can be scaled at any size? Right now it's about, uh, it's, but I would say it's, it's in between. We have two versions. One can make eight kilowatt of electricity. The other one can be 20 kilowatt electricity. It translates in horsepower is around 30 or between 13 and 30 horsepowers for the two platform we develop. But, Literally, it's uh, almost infinitely scalable to about uh, one megawatt. So there's a lot lot larger application that are also will be uh, enabled by by our technology. So um, we believe there's a great market niche uh, inside the home. There's tens of millions of homes in the U.S. who could benefit from uh, that micro-combined heat and uh, power technology, which is essentially recovering all the heat from the engine and produce the power on demand or as a backup unit. For the home so you're you're you never experience outages you're able to save money and you can reduce your carbon footprint at the same time
0: yeah and and so describe you're describing i think the the e1 is that's correct one of your flagship products so describe in more detail what what is the what's the e1 for someone who's never heard of engineering yeah
1: i mean it basically think about an appliance that makes electricity you know two or three times more efficiency than the grid so in the course of creating the homes powered you want to also provide the heat and hot water for the home essentially for free so since like two requirements for a comfortable home as heat are heat and power we replace this three appliances so your backup generator your furnace and your water heater and in some cases grid power when it's more cost effective for you to make your own power so it makes the homeowner very comfortable economist and at, uh, at much less at risk of uh, costly outages. I mean, just last week, some of my friends in Michigan have lost power from for a week because of that ice storm that hit uh, Detroit last week, and uh, they're still literally like having to go pick up buckets of water to the lake and things like that. So that's situations like that is what our E one is trying to really avoid.
0: Okay, and and, and so how and how large is the system and and folks can go to your website and look there's a video that describes it in great detail but but it looks like a big hot, hot water heater essentially
1: yeah think about yeah. a taller slightly perfect. taller water heater right uh it has literally uh, the enclosed uh, power devices on top the uh water storage device has been optimized by our partners stand at the bottom but you know it, it looks and feels like, I would say, a high technology water heater. If you've seen some of the water heater integrated with heat pumps, I would say that's the closest energy you can have. So it's very easy. And and it's been designed that way to be a very tight integrated package. It's very easy to install. It only has about five connections, uh, hot water, cold water, your gas intake, exhaust line, and uh, electrical electrical connection to an electrical panel
0: so so the input the energy input is what exactly what what powers the system that you want
1: it's essentially all kind of fuels the two initial fuels that it's optimized on are uh, natural gas and uh, propane but it can run on uh, you know low carbon biofuels as well uh, renewable uh, natural gas biogas uh, landfill gas it can run on blend of hydrogen and uh, natural gas ultimately it'll be designed to run on Hydrogen as well uh, once we have cost effective supply that's available uh, at larger scale
0: that's fascinating so so le- it's it's good timing that you're talking to me because I have a an interesting energy challenge that I think is somewhat representative of, of people I've, i I have an 1820 house that's right right across the the field for me, and we have an old furnace and thick walls, not great insulation though because of the construction back then so so what if i were to do this for example i would i would replace my old my oil furnace with this and my hot water heater and that's the same with people of, with that same configuration which is fairly common particularly in the northeast
1: yeah you can replace your furnace and your water heater at the same time and uh if you have uh Natural gas hookup. We can run it on natural gas. If you don't, we would likely run it on uh, propane as well, which is also a very uh, clean fuel as well, and also very popular in the Northeast. And and what what is
0: the the average cost savings? Like let, let's just, for example, let's let's say I spend a thousand dollars a month on heating, and it, it, let's say that includes the cost of hot water, just. Theoretically.
1: I mean, if you spend a thousand dollar a month, depending on its size, but I would say our rule of thumb is if you have a 3000 square foot home, you can save you about a hundred to $200 per month, depending where in the country. Uh, But if you spend a thousand a month in electricity or or in utility costs, uh, I bet we could save you uh, at least 20 or 30% of that. And, uh, we have actually model about the savings of our unit in every single zip code in the U S. If you send me your zip code and your characteristic, I can actually tell you how much money you'd save with our unit.
0: So is that, is that feature on your website? So can people go to the website and look it up or do they have to send an email?
1: No, I mean, we're, we're considering uh, creating a very s- small and uh, smart device, a uh, small interface for customers to do that. Right now it's a fairly complicated model that, that we kind of run in a. In a case-by-case basis, I think we have some use cases on our web- website. That's all we have today, but uh, we'll definitely consider doing that.
0: That's good. Well, well, tell me, how has the company, over the past year, I mean, describe how you've grown some of the challenges you're, you're facing and and where you hope to be maybe a year from now, but also longer into the future. You talked about hydrogen as one. Well. There's a lot happening that would be really interesting to get your perspective on where things are now, where they've been in the past year, but also where you see your company headed and how this fits an important need in the market.
1: Yeah. And and let me talk to you maybe a little bit about our second leg. So we have two major legs, commercial and military. We've also been very successful in the military, being able to uh, raise about $21 million funding to uh, DOD product development contracts. The army has been very supportive. They're also supportive of helping us deploy our technology for civilian markets as well. So they've been an absolute ideal partner for us. I can't tell how good they've been with us. So for them, we're trying to build a portable hybrid generator. So they're trying to replace three family of generators, two kilowatt, three kilowatt, and five kilowatt, which use different models, brand and technology to a single platform, two to five kilowatt, all the load that's uh, only half the weight of their current five kilowatt system. And, uh, with all the latest, you know, electronics technology, uh, you know, advanced diagnostic technologies and, uh, and, and that would really help them basically reduce the amount of unit they have to bring in the field, in the field, reduce maintenance costs, reduce, uh, the cost of fuel. But also we are lowering the heat and noise signature uh, from these units as well, which has some operational benefits. And uh, you know, that, that market alone um could be in the thousands of uh, of units. And the beauty is that we are using our same opposed piston engine technology, except we're uh making it run a compression ignition, uh JPA fuel uh for the military. So it's just a version that runs on JPA. And um and there are some very cousin technology that run in gasoline, for example, that could be a portable hybrid generator to your uh Local construction contractors, for example, right? Uh, most of these contractors go to their generator in just a few months, but because of the durability feature of our system, I think we have a system can actually last for years, be a lot more quiet. So allowing contractor to start, for example, using the system much earlier in the morning because HOA have kind of noise regulations and, and those right. current systems are so noisy. You don't want anybody at 7 a.m. in our, in your neighborhood. <laughs> well, our, our system could run. And, uh, but that, that's, that's, and that's, and what, that's
0: the I'm sorry, what fuel does that do, do the contractor grade generator? Contractor
1: would likely be mostly uh, on gasoline. Okay. Then there's another cousin market is for disaster recovery. That one would run on diesel fuel, which is pretty close to the JP 8 system we're developing for the military. And of course, there's a whole commercial market, which is much larger for our E1 unit, which is the micro combined heat and power unit, which is uh, literally tens of millions of potential. Uh, sales in the United States and, uh, you know, 10 to hundreds of billions of uh, dollars of, of revenue potential and annually in the U.S. And, and worldwide. So that's really literally is our long-term play. Uh, but we, we really value quite a bit also our, our military, uh, uh, military market and stool because it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, definitely a reliable market with a built-in customer. That can also benefit our commercial product development as well. Okay.
0: Well, that's that's fascinating. So, what what else should should people know about about ingenuity that that I haven't touched on? Anything else coming up on the horizon?
1: Yeah, I would say. I mean, if you think about it, um, uh, the grid is uh, you know becoming more and more uh, taxed by these uh, you know no new renewable projects that hook to the grid every year. Uh, it will need to grow quite a bit over the next decades to meet that, uh, influx of, uh, ed- additional capacity, especially as the world is moving toward more EVs. And, uh, and because, uh, it, it is relatively antiquated and there's a lot of pressure on our grid. And also because of problem caused by climate change, we're experiencing more and more outages. So, uh, I can't tell you how much, uh, you know demand or inquiries we receive every time there's an outage in anywhere in region across the country so i think we are positioning ourselves to really being a really backup system uh, for the grid itself uh, if you think about our our e1 units it will uh, it will run just a few hours a day so it will have a tremendous amount of extra capacity that can be used to supplement the grid when the grid is short so basically increasing the reliability of the grid so, we really see ourselves to uh, as a tool to not only improve the uh, life of the homeowner, but also improve the life of the transmission system operators and grid operators by being able to have that source of reliable extra capacity that can be used at a good time and help meet the energy needs of the US in the coming decades. So, uh, definitely a lot of exciting possibilities. So, so, I would say the next thing coming from us is really putting I think once we have these hundreds, thousands and tens of thousands of units in is like really, uh, moving to having, you know, microgrid configurations and moving into overall, uh, network resiliency. And we believe there's tremendous, uh, market upside there.
0: Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. That's a, that's a challenge in the area where I live. Uh, over the, over Christmas, there was a severe, you know, cold snap really across a lot of the country. We had major power outages and, Sure would have been nice to have uh, a system that would have powered my furnace and our hot water all at the same all at the same time.
1: Yeah, a lot of my friends that had electrical heat pumps that to move toward uh, my friends that had actually backup generators or more traditional appliance. But if people had an E1, they would have never lost power.
0: Well, Jack, where can people go to learn more about, about the E1 and your other products?
1: Uh, we have an excellent website. I encourage everybody to go to our website at nginppowersystems.com. It's uh, updated uh, regularly. We also have uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn uh, social media sites as well that people can find information about our company.
0: Well, good. Well, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to visit with us again. I'm John Hart. This has been Tech Voices with C3 Solutions. You can follow us and learn more about. Jock's company and other exciting companies who are pioneering energy innovation at c3newsmag.com.